excited this morning. This is the third um, step in our ministry map. Uh, You have probably heard us say several times before uh, that the mission here at Copperfield Church is to invite all to build hope-filled homes in Jesus. And the motives, so the values that drive that are giving hope, building homes, sharing life, and treasuring Jesus. And how we believe God has called us to do that is through seeking, sharing, and serving and sending. And this morning, we're going to be looking at the role that we play in this map of ministry, how we fulfill our mission as it relates to service. And as we begin, I want to go ahead and tell you that um, though I told you last week not to get used to short sermons, this Sunday's sermon is pretty short, but it's because you play a very valuable role in this sermon. I have about 10 minutes of exhortation, and if I seem excited, it's because I am. I have 10 minutes of exhortation. We're going to close in a song of worship. You have an opportunity to take the Lord's Supper, and with that extra time, I want to invite you, implore you, exhort you, beg you to join me in the atrium where all of our ministry teams are set up to inform you and give you opportunities to connect with different ways to serve at Copperfield Church. And so I don't want you to use this as an opportunity to beat the other church to Piccadilly. That's what we used to do. For those of you that don't know Piccadilly, you're not Baptist, that's okay. (laughs) Um, Piccadilly, Luby's, maybe that's what it was here in Texas. You know, you had to beat the Methodist Church or the Presbyterian Church, and if you got out early, you could get the good seats and all the food was still warm. Now, this is an opportunity for you to connect and learn about what God is doing and what I truly believe that God intends for you to be a part of here at Copperfield Church. And so I want to turn your attention to God's Word in 1 Peter chapter 4, 1 Peter chapter 4, looking at verses 10 through 11, and if you would, stand with me out of respect for the reading of the Word of God this morning. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. This is Peter writing to the church that's been dispersed as a result of persecution. He calls them exiles, but he still has an exhortation to give them regarding work that God has called them to do. 1 Peter chapter 4, verses 10 through 11. This is God's word to us. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others as faithful stewards of God's grace in its various forms. If anyone speaks... They should do so as one who speaks the very words of God. If anyone serves, they should do so with the strength God provides, so that in all things God may be praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and the power forever and ever. Amen. You may be seated. Let's pray. Father, I pray that you would guard me from error and that you would bless and encourage your people today. I pray that in years to come, we would look back on this Sunday as a time in the history of the Church of Copperfield, Lord, that you did a special work with your Spirit in our midst to stir us up, Lord, to use the gifts that your Holy Spirit has equipped us with, Lord, to bless and serve others in the body of Christ and the community in which you have set us. Lord, I'm asking you to do a special work today. 
Not because of me or because of the work that's been done in preparation for this Sunday. Not because of gifts that we are providing. But Lord, because of your concern for your glory. Lord, here at Copperfield. Lord, have your way. We ask this in Jesus' holy name. Amen. I want to summarize what these two verses mean and go ahead and make application for us. So this is explanation and application all together. What is Peter instructing the church to do and to understand about their role in the world? And what does that mean for Copperfield this morning? Very simply, we have been gifted for service by God's grace for God's glory. We have been gifted for service by God's grace for God's glory. Look back at verses 10 and 11 this morning. Each of you should use, so everyone here that is a believer this morning, if you are a Christian, if you have put your hope and your trust in Jesus Christ, you have received a gift. Each of you should use whatever gifts you have received to serve others. How so? As faithful stewards, stewards do not own the gift that they receive. They are safeguarding and using that gift in accordance with what the giver has encouraged them to, what he's exhorted them to, the purpose for which he gave it. A steward does not get to determine, this is the way that I want to do things, but rather a steward says, Master, Savior, Lord, you have gifted me. How do you want me to use this gift of your grace for your glory? I appreciate what Shana did as she just gave space as we were praying to ask in our hearts, Lord, what are you doing? And I want to just take that same type of space this morning, and I want you to slow down and in, and in the busyness of our lives, in the distraction of our lives, where we can just scroll on and continue to be um, preoccupied, dare I say distracted at times, and we distract ourselves from the time we wake up to the time we go to bed, and we never have that quiet time before the Lord to ask him questions in prayer. And this is what I want you to ask him, Lord, what Grace have you given me. You told me through your word, you have given me a gift according to your grace to use for your glory. Lord, what is it? And how do you want me to use it to serve others? Think about that just for a moment. The creator of the universe didn't just give a general gift to the church, 
But you, in your embodiedness, with your interest and your skills and your education and your experiences, filled you with the Holy Spirit, and in doing so, gave you gifts to use for his glory. That's amazing that he thought of you by name and how he put you together and said, I'm going to use you in a way that's special and that's unique. You know, I I think that what I'm inclined to is maybe what you're inclined to, and maybe I'm wrong. You know, if, if I were building this effective strategy for how to do ministry in the world, I think that my, my, my implication, my uh, disposition would be to say, well, Lord, send down a legion of angels Lord, some powerful angels to work in the kids' ministry. Some of those Isaiah 6 angels that when they speak, the foundations of the earth shake. Maybe those kids would listen to them. Those angels with six wings. Lord, if, Lord, if you did that, everybody in Copperfield would show up. Lord, if if you let the angels sing and the, the angels do the security team, or you did you just let Lord, if you just let them do it, we would be so much more effective. Are we wiser than God in the way that He has put the church together to function? No. No, we are not. And God, in his kindness and in his wisdom, has gifted each of you that are believers with the Holy Spirit, by his grace, for his glory, to serve. And Jesus even says something that it's, it's, so, it's so almost outrageous that if I couldn't show you where it was at in Scripture, you would almost not believe me. In John 14, verses 12 through 14, Jesus tells the disciples, you see all these things I've done? They go, yes, Jesus, I've seen all these things that you've done. He says, greater things you will do than these things that you've seen me do. You're like, what? No way. No possible way. That almost sounds heretical. But Jesus said it, and he said it in John 14, 12 through 14. And here's the caveat. Here's the thing that he wants to make clear. It is not something that we will do in our own strength or our own wisdom, but rather because he has gone away, what has he promised to do? Send the Holy Spirit, and the Holy Spirit is going to fill each and every one of his disciples. And because we've been filled with the Spirit of God, We will be engaged in such a work of service that the magnitude of the work will be so spread out over the world that the works and the powers of Jesus will be seen through his disciples. 
such that he could say, greater things you will do than you have seen me do. It doesn't mean that you as an individual are greater than Jesus, but rather that because each one of us are filled with the same Holy Spirit that empowered him, that we saw him filled and empowered with at his baptism at the beginning of the Gospel of Mark, that we would be gifted in such a way and that God would love us in such a way that he would not want to deprive us of the opportunity of serving by the grace of his power for the glory that he's called us to. God loves you enough not to send angels to do the work because he's already equipped the church with people filled by the Holy Spirit to do what the church needs done by his grace for his glory. That is what he has done. We have been gifted for service by God's grace and for his glory. That's the message this morning. If you're a believer this morning, you're filled by the Holy Spirit, you don't have to wonder if you've got it. You've got it because the it that you've got is actually a he. It's the Holy Spirit who lives in you. And he will work in you even in your weakness. You say, oh my goodness, you don't know the things I'm struggling with. I don't, but the Spirit of God does. You mean he could use me? Absolutely, he can use you. But I, I'm, not, I'm not strong of speech. I'm not, I don't really like serving. <laughs> it's where the Spirit of God comes alongside the people of God and empowers the work of God for the glory of God. There are so many ways and opportunities for God to use you in the world. Let me just very quickly enumerate some that you're going to have an opportunity to see because I just want to whet your appetite. And this is going to be fast because I'm, I'm four minutes over on my 10-minute sermon. We've got a brand new team called Home Team. It's a hospitality team. It's a team that's going to be able to welcome our guest, and from the time they walk in until the time that they connect with somebody in the body, have support, be loved, be informed. You say, I, I like people. <laughs> Don't worry, we have, we have opportunities for people that don't like people. <laughs> Sorry, I'm serious. I'm serious. We've got opportunities for you too. I'm not going to name those, but look, it's, it's the reality. You go, gosh, I can be nice to people. It's a great opportunity. You're going to learn about it. We have the safety and security team. Men, you go, there's nothing there for me to do. I know you well enough to know that when you hear safety and security, there's like a side of you that goes, yeah, I could do that. You get an earpiece. I know, it's like everything you dreamed of, right? It's not just men, though. There's women that can serve in this capacity. We need people that are good with health care and medical needs. We have medical needs that pop up. What if the Lord is calling you to be like a sheepdog for the sheep that protects the sheep in the context of the body of Christ. To be a part of that. Next gen, you hear a lot about it because it's where God is doing some incredible work from pre-K all the way to high school. We have needs. Let me, let me say that so clearly. We have needs from our preschool to 
our seniors in high school. And we really want to go to two services in the fall, August 27th. And we want to be able to go to two services so that those people that volunteer and serve in that area are able to worship every Sunday and not have to miss worship as they're missing it right now. You can fill a need. You can fill a need and use your gifts and your experiences. And, and I know that one of the most intimidating things of working with kids is, is what if they ask me a question that I can't answer? And the most appropriate response to that is, I don't know, I'll figure it out. You do not have to be a genius and be able to tell them everything. We need somebody that's patient and that loves and wants to serve them. If you saw the video that I sent out earlier this week about Kathy Weeks, the lady that invested in my heart and life when I was in fifth grade at Summer Grove Baptist Church. If you haven't, I'm going to whet your appetite to go back. I'm not going to rehearse it again. I'm going to go back, find your email, watch that video. Kathy Weeks used her gifts in a particular way to bless me and change the trajectory of my life. I wonder how many people that were sewing and ministering to Suzanne 20 years ago even had a thought of how God would be using her 20 years later. Are you willing to sow for the future? Are you willing to serve so that you might not see in your lifetime what God does, but that God uses the work that he's called you to? We have an events team. People who like to cook, coordinate food, set up, clean up. We have a weekday team that mans our front desk. And then we have a Sunday team of ushers and check-in people. You say, yeah, you know, Pastor, I'm already serving, though, so thanks. Whenever you're done, I'm just going to go ahead and get out early. How about this? How about if you're already serving, go find those ministry leaders that are at those tables and encourage them. Go tell them thank you for what you're doing and ask them, what other needs might I be able to help you in? They would love to connect with you. You say, I'm not really sure if I want to make a big commitment today. That's okay. We're not asking for you to sign a contract. Sometimes what you have to do is experience a few different ministries before you actually decide which one you're going to commit to. You've got that option. You can jump from one to the other to figure out, Lord, this is where my gifts and my talents are. This is what you want me to do. But I believe with all my heart, that if you're a believer here today, you've been gifted for service. Even you, you've been gifted for service by the grace of God for the glory of God. Christ is our greatest example of this, and this is how I want to close. As you leave to go learn, we have these towels. All invited there are towels at every one of the tables. You go, what's a towel for? You know, we've had coffee mugs for sharing life together. We've had a compass on our keychain for seeking the lost. What does a towel have to do with service? Well, it comes from John 13, where Jesus set the greatest example of service that we could ever see, where Jesus, in just moments before he would be arrested and carried off, the Lord of glory donned an apron, grabbed a towel, and he washed the feet of people that would deny him just a little bit later. I want you to go by the table, even if you're already serving, 
grab a towel and embrace the identity that God has given us as servants under the great servant and ask him, Lord, my life's a blank check. Do with it what you would do. I consecrate my life to you, Lord. Use me. Use me for your glory by empowering me. By helping me see what you've called me to. Would you participate in this? Would you obey and listen to the Lord this morning? As you reflect on the message this week, feel free to reach out to our staff by emailing care at copperfieldchurch.com. We would love to hear from you and pray for you. Also, don't forget to subscribe to this podcast and our other podcast, Equip for Good. Thanks for listening.